This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. You're listening to Living Green, everybody inspired to succeed. I'm your host, Meredith Medland, and when you finish today's show, you will have listened to two awesome, inspiring songs and heard a great interview with a man named MC Yogi. Yes, he grew up in Northern California painting graffiti and listening to hip-hop. He was inspired by artists like the Beastie Boys and Run DMC, but then all of a sudden, around 18 years old, he discovered this amazing thing called yoga. In fact, on a whim, he just joined his father for yoga and a meditation intensive with some great teachers. He was really moved by this experience. We're going to learn about what happened And from that point forward, he devoted himself to learning everything that he could about the physical forms of yoga, meditation, philosophy, and devotional chanting. Now, what separates him from many other devotional chanting artists, of course, is this angle with hip-hop. More importantly, not only does he just speak these words, but he's got a studio in Point Reyes called Yoga Toes, and he's madly in love with his wife, Amanda, who's also a yoga teacher, and they tour together combining their love and knowledge of yoga with hip-hop and create new sounds that bring the wisdom of yoga to a whole new generation of modern mystics and urban yogis. My name is Meredith Medlin and MC Yogi, you're live on our show. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Meredith. You are so welcome. So we just got a chance to meet up at the sixth annual uh, yoga festival over at Esalen in uh, Northern California in Big Sur. And you rocked the house the first day we talked all about Ganesh. And um, it was pretty amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got to the festival and the background on that opening day? Yeah, we had such an amazing time. We were um, invited by our dear friend Sianna Sherman, who's an Anyasara yoga teacher, and um, we were just so excited to come down because I've, you know, I've heard about uh, Esalen for so long. It's such a, an incredible place that, you know, is right on the edge of the Pacific Ocean, overlooking the ocean. There's beautiful hot springs. And, um, you know, earlier you said we rocked the house, but we really rocked the dome. <laughs> this is true. It was in a big, huge dome outside, and um, it was incredible. There was you know, a bunch of amazing yogis. We got to hang out with uh, Douglas Brooks, who's an amazing uh, tantric philosopher. Uh, my good friend Janet Stone, who teaches yoga in San Francisco, and Saul David Ray from Southern California. Um, it was just an amazing uh, gathering of incredible yogis and yoginis, and I was just really honored to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Incredible gathering. And one of the things that really sewed us all together. Uh, I remember on the, the evening before the, the conference actually launched on Monday, but everybody got together on Sunday night and we were talking about a, a little bit about Ganesh and uh, studying for the next day and you just like busted out a rap and everybody kind of let go of their discomfort and started smiling. And so can you tell, a, tell us a little bit about that, how that came to be? Well, how the how the rap how came the to- rap came to be, yeah. So we're going to give our our listeners actually the opportunity to hear one of your songs, Ganesh is Fresh, which is super fun and cool. But for those of those listeners who don't know who Ganesh is and what that's all about, can you give us a little lead in? Yeah, absolutely. Ganesh is the 
in the Hindu tradition, Indian philosophies, the Lord of Beginnings, the remover of obstacles. And I'm sure by now everyone out there has seen a picture of Ganesh. He has an elephant's head. He's very cute. And he embodies okay. the divine wisdom. He has one tusk and he carries an array of different objects. And each thing that uh, Ganesh holds in his hand is very symbolic for us as yogis. For instance, he holds a uh, lotus. And the lotus has always been symbolic in India as representing the process of you know the heart opening and unfolding. And also, the lotus is very symbolic for us because it rises up out of the mud, but it's untouched by the mud when it's in full bloom. So in the same way, you know, being in the world, you know, there's a lot of influences around us. But when we do our spiritual practices, we can remain sort of untouched by all the negative influences and keep our heart open in the midst of our daily lives, you know, by breathing deep, uh, which is why Ganesh has his long flowing trunk. It reminds us to breathe consciously. His big floppy ears remind us to really listen. He has big ears and a small mouth, which reminds us to listen more and and talk less. And when we do talk, to be really poignant and really speak from our heart, which is why he has one tusk. He's very poignant. And Ganesh has little eyes, which remind us to focus and pay attention to the task at hand, what we're doing. And one of the objects that Ganesh also carries is an axe, which reminds us to be detached, to really focus on what we're doing, but to release the outcome so that we're not getting caught up in what we're going to get later on just to really be engaged in the sweetness of what we're doing right now, which is why Ganesh carries a bowl of sweets around with him. He's a big portly fellow. (laughs) He loves to eat. And it's said in the ancient myths that the entire universe is contained inside Ganesh's big, huge belly. And one of the things that I love about Ganesh is he's a huge elephant, but he rides on a tiny little mouse. So he kind of defies gravity and defies logic. And my own interpretation of the mouse is that his mouse or his musica represents the rat race and Ganesh's ability to really transcend the rat race because you know in our modern day you know we're often running around here and there doing a million things at once you know text messaging people on Facebook Twitter doing a billion things at one time and Ganesh represents the ability to really remain light and to really direct that external pursuit so that we're not running around looking for external things to make us happy. Instead, we're tapping into that inner resource, that wellspring of happiness that's inside of us. Just by being, just by existing, the yogis believe that there is great bliss embedded in our body. And just by going into that space of our spirit, we can taste extreme joy whenever we like. So Ganesh is a great reminder of so much of the wisdom that the yoga tradition offers us. Excellent introduction. I absolutely love it. So before we uh, go ahead and and run this, um, we've got a question from a nine-year-old fan of yours living in Santa Fe. And he would like to know, what first got you into Ganesh? Mm, That's a great question. Um, I think, you know, growing up and really being into uh, comic books, I was really into when I, let's see, when I was nine years old, I was reading X-Men comic books, Spider-Man. I think I, I think The Simpsons was out. I was watching a lot of The Simpsons. I was really into Garfield. And um, I used to draw a lot. 
I used to love to draw. I was a really quiet kid. I was always in the corner drawing cartoons and drawing pictures of Batman. And um, I think one of the things that really sort of attracted me to Ganesh and to into the Indian mythology is really just the color, the characters, and the you know if you've ever seen a picture of Ganesh, he's just so fun to look at. I mean, you could just stare. <laughs> It's just so fascinating. And, and then later on when I became a graffiti artist, um, it was the same thing, the, just the colors and the, and the textures and the aesthetic of the, of the devotional art of India was just so fascinating to me, and it continues to be. And I think that that was what was really alluring to me. And also just the fact that he's got a big, huge elephant head. I always thought that was so cool. Very, very nice. Well, we're going to go ahead and play this song. Thank you so much for allowing us to do that. And when we come, uh, we're going to play the song, then we're going to take a break. But when we come back from the break, this is really important for some of our listeners. We're going to talk about, you actually grew up um, as a Catholic or studying Catholicism. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then what it means when you're actually performing and where the lines are between uh, sort of hip-hop chanting, devotion, and how can people access both your music as well as devotional chanting if they're connected into more of a Christian line of thought? We're going to touch on that a little bit. So before we do that, if you find yourself in that place, I'd love for you to listen to this song with that open heart. And um, when we come from, back from the break, we'll talk a little bit about the message and the intention behind it. Thanks so much for being with us today. And here's this song to take you right on. Ganesh is so fresh, chilling on his throne Surrounded by incense, fruit and gold With a heap of sweets piled in his bowl He guards the gate and protects the threshold When you bless Ganesh, then you can travel On a sacred journey to an inner temple the path that leads to your soul And he's known for removing all obstacles Now some may think it's illogical A myth or just philosophical But Ganesh makes everything possible Because elephant power's unstoppable By all children, known for blessing the homes that we live in. The Lord of all creatures with divine features, inspiring the minds of all truth seekers. To the son of Shiva and Parvati, with an elephant's head and a fat belly, with a snake for a belt to hold up his pants. He rides on a mouse and he loves to dance. With the lotus unfolding inside one of his hands and an axe to attack all ignorance, a broom to remove all hindrance, and a noose to reduce all selfishness. He writes the pages while the sages chant, dropping. Vedic science so we can comprehend All the many ways that we can transcend Singing J to Ganesh, he's a yogi's best friend So if you think Ganesh is super fresh When I say J, you say Ganesh J, 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 J Take away the stress and 
way into the place that's best Centered in the chest where the breath is felt When you're blessed by Ganesh, then the stress can melt He destroys the knots, they can find your thoughts He dissolves all walls and breaks the blocks Seeing locks the door to the sacred core And he guards the gate at the pelvic floor The benevolent elephant who's so intelligent At the base of the spine, he's the earth element He's the ruler of the Muladhar Chakra His brother rides a peacock and his name is Skanda He's the son of Uma and Mahadeva I offer this puja to my homie Ganesha To the son of Parvati and Mahesh Dedicated to Ganesh cause he's so fresh When I say Jay, you say Ganesh Come on Jay Master interviewer, clear, confident, asking killer questions nobody else ever thought of. Guests swear it's their best interview ever as keen insights are revealed and your raving fans promote your work for you. The reality? Killer questions? You're even boring yourself. Your voice trembles, your palms sweat, and everyone can hear that bubble in your throat. Panic sets in when you think about asking an expert for an interview. Help is here! All you need is masterful interviews creating profitable content, a system that turns your audience into raving fans who promote your work for you, and how to come up with those killer questions for riveting, profitable information products. Get it now at masterfulinterviews.com and download the free easy question generator mini course today. Now get $100 off with promo code DISHY at masterfulinterviews.com. Welcome back from the break. Well, if that wasn't awesome, I don't know what else was. So thank you so much for sharing um, this message with us that Ganesh is fresh and cool. And let's go back to that to that idea that I left you with before we played this song. And, and that is, can you tell us a little bit your, about your religious upbringing and your study into Catholicism? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I grew up in a Roman Catholic family. My, uh, my mother... Uh, it's from Portugal, and my, my father's side is uh, Italian. And so we were always going to church, you know, it was baptized, confirmed, confirmation, you know, all the rites and all the rituals. And um, I grew up very close to my grandparents, and my grandmother was very devout. She said her rosary every night and prayed for everybody, and, you know, she had her her holy book that she actually passed on to me um, before she passed, she actually passed a couple of years ago on um, Christmas morning, actually. Oh, wow. And um, my grandmother was, she was like one of my first uh, religious teachers. Mm. And I learned Catholicism is such a very rich and beautiful tradition. And 
you know, for me as a yoga teacher and, you know, practicing yoga, I find that it really sort of adds to everything that I learned and all the values that I was taught growing up. It doesn't detract or conflict. If anything, I feel like yoga helped to really evolve my my spiritual understanding of myself and the world around me. You know, growing up Catholic, there's so many beautiful practices, like the practice of forgiveness, which Jesus taught, um, kindness, compassion, charity, you know, contemplation, you know, being patient, being kind. These are all divine qualities. And what I started to notice when I started to, you know, study the different traditions like Buddhism and Hinduism is that these common threads sort of run throughout all the great traditions of the world. And I think what happens in our modern culture is we tend to look at the differences instead of the commonality. And I think it's important in this world of, you know, so much religious intolerance that we start to look at the things that we share in common and also respect the different traditions, you know, without having to change anybody or try to convert anybody. You know, I think there's a, there's a real beauty in diversity. And I don't necessarily think that we all need to be one sort of big, huge religion. I think that, you know, all the different traditions have um, a really, you know, sacred place as a part of the whole. But I think that we run into trouble when we start to think that one, you know, only one religion shall rule them all. So I think that, you know, for me, I find that there's gems in every, in every tradition, Sufism, Judaism, Christianity. Um, and to me, I feel like it enriches my life when I look into the different traditions and find those, you know, those spiritual gems that, that make my life um, more, more inspired. Mm-hmm. So looking for the commonality and how um, many of Jesus's teachings are around many of the other same teachings. And of course, pretty much if we boil everything down to it does, it does come to love and we're not going to go into all the, all the Christian teachings, but there are, you know, there, there obviously is this idea of um, accepting Christ as a savior in Christianity. That's one of the, you know, fundamental, I guess you would call beliefs or tenets. And Mm -hmm. so as, as you are performing or if someone comes to see you and, and if you happen to be on the web right now, you can go to MC Yogi dot com and you there's a lyrics page and all all sorts of information and so um when you're performing you're actually doing an evocation of the gods right yeah an invocation of the holy spirit for sure in the form of ganesh shiva hanuman um but essentially for me you know these are just different flavors of this this energy that you so beautifully said is essentially just the quality of of divine love and I think that we get caught up. One of the one of the reasons why I, you know, traveled east and, and studied yoga and, and Buddhism and Hinduism is because one of the things that sort of troubled me a little bit about, you know, Christianity and some of the Western traditions is everything is taken so literally and everything becomes very rigid and dogmatic. Whereas in the the Indian mythology, everything is so rich with symbolism. And you know, of course, there's fundamentalists in every in every tradition. But when I started to discover Ganesh and, and Shiva and Hanuman and all these great stories and myths, it really spoke to me on a really deep level. And I started to see how these myths directly related to my life. And in the Indian mythology, it said that, you know, all the characters are different aspects of yourself. 
So each character in these great stories represents a different part of yourself. And instead of pigeonholing ourselves and thinking that we're, you know, just this body, just this name, just this age, just this race, it starts to lead us into a space where we can see that we're something much greater, much more, well, it's hard to describe, but, you know, in meditation, when you're in that state of really being connected with, with life, with the universe, you know, everything becomes a reflection. And when you open your eyes and look outside, everything on the outside becomes a reflection of, you know, what's on the inside. And with Christianity, I felt a little limited, like I, it wasn't um, guiding me to that deeper place because it, it became a little too dogmatic, a little too, um, well, ritualistic maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with yoga, I found that it became a direct experience. And, it, and yoga is very much a scientific a- approach. There's a different formulas that are offered. And the yogis don't say, do this because I told you to do this and believe this because I said you have to believe this. There's no blind faith involved. There's scientific, It's a scientific approach. So here, this has worked for me. You try it. If it works for you, take it. If it doesn't work, leave it. You don't need to believe anything that doesn't work for you. And that made a huge difference for me. Um, because mm-hmm. my my faith was no longer blind, I could see, you know, I could see mm-hmm. through my own experience, and that that was a huge transformation um, on my path. Mm. Thank you. That's really I like the way that you just expressed that about being able to see. So very nice. One of the things that we're going to finish up this interview with today is is um, another song that you're going to allow us to play, and that's Rock On Hanuman. And you actually um, have uh, Krishna Das as a guest singer on that song with you. Can you can you talk a little bit about Hanuman and Lord of the Monkeys? <laughs> well, Hanuman... Best friend, actually. Rama's best friend. Rama's best friend. Well, Rama is a beautiful character in the story of the Ramayana, which is one of the greatest epics in India. And Rama represents and embodies in human form this divine quality of pure truth in what's known as Dharma. Dharma is, is your Swadharma is your path in life. It's what we were born to, sort of the destiny that we're put here to fulfill. And Rama is so devout and so committed to truth that he goes through this great ordeal. He gets banished to the jungle 14 years with his wife Sita and his brother Lakshman. And at one point in the story, his wife Sita is abducted and kidnapped by this demon named Ravana. Ravana literally means the one who makes the universe scream. And along the way, he meets this monkey named Hanuman, who's living down in the jungle. And Hanuman vows to help Ram, the prince, find Sita, the princess. And there's a great tale of Hanuman leaping across the ocean from the tip of India all the way to Sri Lanka. And his exploits when he lands on Lanka, which is where the demon Ravana lives. And Hanuman represents just this pure devotion. We call it devotion in motion because he's so committed to his cause and his purpose that nothing can stand in his way. So Hanuman also, for yogis, represents uh, conscious breath. He is the embodiment of you know, breathing into your heart in a way that taps into all your dormant energies, your skills and your talents that you forgot you had. 
So when we're called to be of service, to be a part of you know a, a movement or a cause that's greater than ourselves, and we really commit to it, then all these special powers, these abilities, and these skills that we didn't even know we have start to come to the surface. And just like Hanuman, we start to grow and we become as big as a mountain and we can literally leap across the ocean. The ocean represents our, our doubt, our fear, our anxiety, or our hesitation. So Hanuman flies, breathing, and he chants the name of Ram, of the prince, all the way across to Lanka. And that repetition of Ram's name, his devotion, his one-pointedness, gives him the strength to really move through all the obstacles. And he starts to focus on something that's greater than himself. So this really cuts through and alleviates all his own self-doubt and fear. And he's able to really transcend that and be of service. And in this song, Rock on Hanuman, we recorded it with Krishnadas, who's an amazing uh, kirtan singer. And um, the song is all about you know, really being able to break through the boulders and move through the obstacles and really clear the path and allow your heart to blaze bright, breathing deep and really flowing with grace. And I'm not sure how much time we have, but I'll tell you a short story. Please. There's there's a moment in the Ramayana when Hanuman is tested and someone doubts his faith and Hanuman takes his fingernails into his chest and tears open his heart and inside his heart emblazoned is the image of Prince Ram and Queen Sita, the king and the queen. And they're shining inside the cave of Hanuman's heart and everyone is in awe. And when he opens his chest and reveals the truth that his heart beats and pulses with devotion, that he's so dedicated to his cause that he's willing to tear open his own chest. Everyone who witnessed this saw that on every muscle, on every bone, on every organ, every ligament, every tissue was tattooed the name Ram, the sacred mantra. And he, Hanuman was so absorbed in his mantra practice that he had literally embedded the mantra on every cell in his body. He was exuding that devotion. So that's why Hanuman is considered the embodiment of pure bhakti or devotion. Which I mm. always love I always love that story because it's it's like um you know, when you're so immersed and so dedicated and so committed to something, you just you just radiate it in all that you do. And I think Hanuman is a great uh a great testament and a great model of that. Yeah, and you're a great model of that too. It's really uh, just extraordinary. And I want to share. I want to share with our listeners just a, a couple things that happened during the conference and thoughts that I had r- related to you. So the first that, and, and this is, and I, other people were in agreement. We had some little chats about about you was the level of humility in which you bring to your performance is absolutely. Out, just outstanding and I just really wanted to acknowledge that because you're both you know you're essentially being a rock star on stage but you're also you're evoking and you're you're in devotion and leading leading people essentially enchanting and to do that uh, with this you know with this bright smile and this open heart 
and also do that just simply as you, the person, is really, really an extraordinary gift. And um, I, one of the greatest compliments that I heard about you actually during the conference was um, somebody said, wow, he must be really, really clear because when he speaks, it's just flowing through him and he must live his life at a really high level of integrity in order to be able to do that. Well, thank you so much, Meredith. I, you know, I, I am very fortunate because I have a lot of amazing people around me, like my wife, Amanda. Mm-hmm. You know, we, have a, we have a yoga studio here in Northern California called Yoga Toes um, here in Point Ray Station. We have incredible students, incredible family, community. And um, there's just a lot of in- amazing reminders about, um, you know, what's important in life. And I've, you know, I, I have to say I haven't always sort of had my priorities in the right place. You know, growing up, I really struggled, you know, with myself and, you know, my identity and my purpose for being. And, um, you know, I have to really give credit where credit is due. And that credit is, you know, it's it's through yoga. I think the yoga, the yoga practice, and the yoga tradition, and um, just all the the reminders that yoga offers us, all the tools, all the practices. I really feel like it has this incredible, incredible um, transformative power that can really, um, you know, it, it it can help you find your your purpose in life, so that you can be of service and really, you know, be fulfilled and, and feel wake up feeling good. You know, wake up smiling and and really do something that, you know, hopefully helps to make the world a better place. But maybe even more important than that makes, puts you in a better place so that everything you do just, um, yeah, it just flows from a place of love. And I, I, I am really, truly grateful to yoga because without yoga, I definitely, I don't even know if I would be alive. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree. And I have to say for those of you listening right now, a couple reminders. So, I'm after our interview today. I'm actually going out here in Carpinteria to go teach yoga on the beach. And one of the a really fun thing I learned from Siana during the conference related uh, to Hanuman was to um, be up. We were up in bridge pose, and I've been teaching this since I've been um, back. And to really be working on expanding through the heart, the sternum, and softening our back. And if you're in a chair now, or if you're in, you know, if you're in some way that you can just even draw your shoulders back and drop them down and and push forward with your your chest and soften the heart. And she, you know, she told us this story and about um, how how we could take a word that was important to us and and write that across our chest in cursive and be able to have that same experience of really opening our heart and and in the same way that Hanuman had everything inscribed on him to show the power of his devotion and to use that in in our practice and I wrote the word uh, forgiveness across my heart and had one of the most opening heart experiences uh, in in that. And so I love teaching that and I love sharing that. So um, before we go, I was hoping that you could touch. I just want to give our listeners a sense of where we're going. We have just a few more minutes here. If you can touch on that idea of um, you told us a great amount of the story, but also the it wasn't in a jewel that was given. It was a necklace and it didn't have, he was looking for the inscription on the necklace, like that there wasn't something on the, on the mala, you know, it wasn't inscribed. Can you talk about that for just a moment? Sure. So after this great battle ensues at Lanka and 
and Prince Ram and his brother Lakshman and Hanuman and a whole army of monkeys and bears. They storm the island and they rescue Sita and they bring Sita back up to the kingdom of Ayodhya in uh, northern India. And there's a grand celebration. And one of the gifts that Sita offers Hanuman for his, his loyal service is this beautiful necklace. And Hanuman is seen kind of biting into the necklace and people start whispering and, and sort of making fun of Hanuman and say, oh, that's stupid monkey. You know, he got this great, beautiful gift and look at him. He's such a fool. He's eating it. He thinks it's food. And that's when someone asks him, Hanuman, why are you eating this mala? And he looks at it and he says, well, I was trying to find Ram. If Ram is not inside, then it's meaningless to me. It's not worth anything. And that was the moment someone said, well, is Ram inside of you? Why do you keep your body alive? Why do you continue to live unless Ram lives inside you? And that was the moment when he tore open his chest and revealed his truth. Ram was shining like a diamond inside his heart, like a light shining bright inside the dark. And he tore open his chest and the light was blazing brighter than 10 million suns. And everyone saw Hanuman's truth that Rama and Sita were shining inside his heart for all time. Mm, thank you so much. That's the part that I wanted to hear and that inspired inspired me. So here's what we're gonna what's gonna happen. We're gonna just a minute here to thank our sponsors. That's what helps our show. We're gonna come back from the break. I'm gonna ask you four or five just boom 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 quick questions and then we're gonna we're gonna ease on out of the show with Rock on Hanuman. So my name is Meredith Medland. You're here listening to Living Green, Everybody Inspired to Succeed. You can go to everybodyinspired.com or mcyogi.com. We'll be back right after this. Imagine if you could read minds, confidently command attention, control your emotions, and be understood every time you speak, so you can get whatever you really want, anytime, and with anyone. Speak Up With Power and Influence is an instantly downloadable training system. Follow the seven-step formula and learn how to set your intentions to create a win-win, build instant rapport with anyone, and radiate confidence with every interaction. And all of this happens before you even begin to speak up so you can finally get what you really want. Influential and persuasive communication is the foundational key to all successful social and business relationships. So you'll learn over 100 emotionally charged keywords and hypnotic language patterns that demand attention for writing and speaking your mind. Get our free 10 best kept secrets to influence, persuade, and seduce anyone, anytime. And get $100 off the original cost at speakupwithpower.com slash discount. Okay, welcome back from the break. So here's these quick questions for you. So number one, what are some of your favorite uh, musicians and who's on your iPod? Mm, great question. Well, you know, I was just with Michael Franti last night at Yoga mm. Tree in San Francisco. He was doing his benefit for Power to the Peaceful. And Michael is definitely one of my favorite musicians. His new album is awesome. Um, mm -hmm. I love uh, Matis Yahoo, who's an incredible um, singer. Um, Kanan from Africa is amazing. There's so many great artists out there that I'm really enjoying right now. Um, of course, you know, if you, if you like Kirtan, Krishna Das, Jayutal, uh, Bhagavan Das is amazing. Um, 
yeah, I just have my I I think on my iTunes right now I have I think you know four or five months worth of music. So I just I'm <laughs> constantly swimming in music, and I I just you know I love music. I always play a lot of music in my yoga classes, and um, you know the list goes on and on and on. Awesome. All right, next question from some parents out there. Um, I've got a parent. Um, I've got my child's birthday is coming up, and I'd love to um, get him some good hip hop tunes. What else is like you out there for kids? Mm, well, I I honestly think there's not much else out there like MC Yogi. It's but there are some good hip hop um, artists out there. Um, I think I'd mentioned a couple. Kanan is great. There's a there's a group out of Southern California, and I want to say they're called. Oh gosh, I don't want to mess it up, but I just heard them the other day, and they were really, really good, really conscious. Let me think about that. Actually, um, what I'll do is I'll post something on my uh, on my Facebook page. I'll do a little oh, list for people. So if they want to see Yogi fan page on Facebook, I'll do a little list of other artists that they might really enjoy. That sounds lovely. And then if you go to livinggreenshow.com, you're listening to this interview. If you didn't get to this interview in iTunes, it's also just there on the web. If you look on the right-hand rail, there's a link on the right-hand rail, and we'll have that link uh, to the Facebook page, to MC Yogi's Facebook page. So you can check that out and get there easily. All right, last question. Here it is. All right, here we go. Drum roll. What (laughs) inspires you to unwrap? Acha, okay. Basically, whenever I feel like my head is getting too inflated, that is what inspires me to grab my ears with my pointer finger and thumb, pull my ears down, and that deflates me, and I start to unwrap, unravel, peel away the layers, and then all the rap music starts to pour out. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you lead us into this last song that you've so generously gifted with us. And uh, I just want to thank you again so much. This is MC Yogi. And um, as you know, you can reach him at mcyogi.com. And you can also check out his awesome yoga classes at Yoga Toes Studio in Point Reyes, California. Or, of course, catch him and his beautiful wife out on the scene in their list of all the things that they've got going on um, including devotion in motion at Kapalo Institute are listed on their webpage so if you take us out we won't even take a break to thank our sponsors here we're going to go right to your song and uh, let everybody enjoy their day thank you so much Meredith much love to everybody namaste namaste thank you find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com Son of the wind, Lord of the monkeys, Rama's best friend. You eliminate illusion and destroy all sin. And you're known as Shiva's incarnation. You're the champion of truth with the thunderbolt body. The mighty monkey god who embodies Bhakti. You're the breath of Ram, Prana Shakti. You achieve victory like the movie Rocky. You carry a club to smash the thugs. You're the perfect servant, the embodiment of love. You're the face of grace and your heart is pure. You make the whole Devotion
power You devour lust, ignorance, envy, or greed You succeed and never cower in the hour of need You left to Lanka and reassured Sita Don't worry about a thing, cause Rama's gonna free ya You burned down Lanka when your tail was on fire And to serve Lord Ram is your only desire When Ram's little brother was about to die Without a second thought you began to fly Sometimes, homie, you have funny behavior. Once when Sita gave you an 